Good day, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today. Hey, I'm having a great time. It is late February. Lots of fun things happening. I'm especially liking this month. That this year is because we have a leap year day in February. Imagine that. You get one more extra day of happiness, of enjoyment, of loving to live, especially in northern Nevada. January is over. We're into February. This seems like the year is going by faster and faster. We're going to look at where we're starting off for the year as far as home values go, different elements of the home value statistics that we hear about. We're also going to be talking about well, some of the things that we've heard about recently that is driving growth, economic growth and housing growth in many areas, and that is the marijuana industry. The marijuana industry has an impact on real estate. We will be talking about that. And then also we have a special for you today. I was out and about with the lovely Sherry Hill just a few days ago, and we were doing our first part of a new bit that we call the B-Buzz Restaurant Review. I mean, let's face it. You buy real estate in northern Nevada. You move in. And now you've got to go out and discover everything that's out there, what's good, what's not good. Sometimes trial and error is fun, but sometimes it leads to great disappointment. You will not be disappointed when you hear what Sherry and I have to talk to you about today. We discovered a restaurant in downtown Reno. It hasn't been given much publicity. It's off of the beaten path. It's around the corner from where many people congregate, and yet people don't know it's there. What's really special about this restaurant that we are reviewing today is the cuisine. Oh my gosh. We stopped in there by accident and sometimes accidents deliver the best results. We're going to talk about that on the Bee Buzz Restaurant Review and also looking at more information about real estate in northern Nevada, including a discussion about some of the latest statistics from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. We have that and much, much more after this quick message. Age International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. What time is it? It's polka time! Dust off your dirndl, put on your lederhosen. The Poor Kids Foundation Polka Dance Party is Friday, April 24th at Bavarian World. Enjoy a delightful evening of Bavarian cuisine, polka dancing, and live music from Corky and the Wiener Sitzels. Get ready for an oompa good time! Poor Kids Foundation funds the urgent unmet needs of children in northern Nevada. Get tickets to the polka dance party at fourkidsfoundation.org. That's fourkidsfoundation.org. It's polka time! We are back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our show today. Having a great time talking with people about real estate, real estate for investors, how to have fun with your real estate, how to make money with your real estate, how to enjoy living where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in northern Nevada or in northern Vermont or northern New Jersey. I mean, you name it. Real estate is right when it's right for you. So timing is one issue and location is another. I was visiting with a gentleman from New Jersey just this past weekend. He happened to come into northern Nevada for the annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. And we were talking about real estate in his area of northern New Jersey, very densely populated up there. Most of the agricultural areas of New Jersey are further to the south. But New Jersey is the garden state. Lots and lots of agriculture in the rural communities of New Jersey, but in the dense populated areas in northern New Jersey, I mean, it's metro, metro, metro. He showed me a photo of his backyard and overlooking a couple of houses, you can see the area of Midtown Manhattan in New York. So he looks right across the water and there it is. That's one of the most common elements that people have when they think of New Jersey because I think most people discover New Jersey when they're in New York because it's right across the river. However, most people don't know that New Jersey is the garden state, so it produces a lot of agriculture, and New Jersey is very heavily populated. At least people are trying to continue to be heavily populated with beekeepers and the beekeeping industry, including backyard beekeepers. Very important to us all across the country 
important to us here in northern Nevada. And uh, that's why we happen to run into this gentleman. His name is Jay Mortimer. He is with the uh, New Jersey Northeast Beekeepers Association. And he's just a very interesting fellow. Had a great uh, conversation with our group about some of the challenges of beekeeping in urban areas. And it was really funny because his challenges about beekeeping in northern New Jersey were very similar to what we went through just last spring here in Nevada, I believe the the bill was AB 285, where a uh, legislator from southern Nevada was trying to essentially outlaw beekeeping unless you were on two acres of property or more in the entire state of Nevada. And, you know, there's just no hard and fast rules about how you keep bees in uh, different areas of the state. It's going to vary from community to community, individual to individual. And so uh, we were faced with the issues of Overregulation or an attempted overregulation in Nevada on our real estate that we own, on our homes, uh, commercial property, whatever. Same thing was happening in New Jersey, and they did the same thing there. He told us the story of contacting the government officials, of getting public information, of dispelling myths, and of letting people know that in this case, beekeeping was a very safe issue to contend with just because one person is afraid about because they read something about killer bees near the equator. Uh, they don't need to be afraid of that when you're in New Jersey. Beekeepers there like they are in northern Nevada are very responsible individuals. And that's what you have to do really when you buy real estate, particularly for your primary residence. You know, Frank was talking about how he deals with urban beekeepers, right? And even if you have just one beehive in your backyard, if for some reason – your neighbors or the neighbor's kids or somebody steps into the wrong area, they might get stung or at least annoyed by some bees. It could create some real problems with your relationships with your neighbors. So Frank was talking about how if you become a beekeeper and you have neighbors real close, you should communicate with your neighbors ahead of time. Let them know what you're going to do. Make sure that there aren't any issues that you may not be aware of. You know, Make sure that uh, there's not going to be any ramifications to have to deal with based upon your new – hobby of backyard beekeeping. And by the same token, once you become a beekeeper, you have to continue those efforts and communications and being nice to your neighbors. And it was really funny when we were talking about that. Um, beekeeping is just one element of life. How many neighbors have problems because of other issues? A neighbor down the street complains sometimes because the leaves from my tree blow into his yard. I don't know if he expects me really to go and rake his yard and everybody else's yard that has leaves from my tree because it would be unrealistic to think anybody would expect that because every homeowner would be running around the neighborhood looking for his leaves in somebody else's yard. It's kind of the same with beekeeping. It's respect and it's communication and it's uh, concern for your neighbors, caring, right? You want to do good things for the world? You've got to let people know what you're doing so they don't get the wrong idea. Nevada Real Estate Radio is the name of the show. Peter Padilla, that's me, your host. We are in our 15th year of weekly broadcasts here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. And we have helped so many people help, you know, help their families, help themselves, build equity, buy homes, sell homes, refinance homes. And the way that we help people is by giving them the right information, advice, suggestions, because we don't have all the answers. You have to know what kind of questions to ask and what kind of questions uh, that you don't need to ask because it's common knowledge or it should be common knowledge. But most people in the real estate world, if they have challenges, it's because they didn't ask enough questions going in to the transaction. So never be afraid of asking those questions of anybody involved with the real estate transaction or of doing your own research and asking pros either face-to-face, -face, telephone, online, whatever the deal is. The more information you can get, the better. Ultimately, however, you're going to have to deal with – in all likelihood, there's one point person, one individual that is in charge of your real estate transaction. It may be the realtor that's involved or it may be your mortgage lender if you have a mortgage loan involved. My thought has always been the real estate professional, the realtor, and the mortgage lender, they are the two most important people in this real estate transaction. 
imagine it like a baseball game. You've got nine players, right? Which are the two most important players? You know, if the ball isn't pitched, you don't have a game. If a ball isn't caught and thrown back to the pitcher, you don't really have a game. The pitcher and the catcher set the tempo for the game. They've got all the other players in mind when they're doing their work. The strengths, the weaknesses, the direction that they want this final outcome to come from. They also look at the timing. Speed is a big factor when you're looking at the real estate world. Typically, a transaction should close in approximately 30 days, a month. Sounds like a long time, doesn't it? And I guarantee you, when you get into the start of a real estate transaction, that talk, clock is ticking or that talk is clicking. You know, you want to look at it. The clock is moving. Those 30 days, they go real fast. And certain things have to happen in the first week or you won't make that 30 days. Certain things have to be done by the end of the second week or there's no way you're going to make it to close that transaction. If certain things aren't done by the third end of the third week, uh, you might as well pretty much start a new transaction. About the only way that you could put a deal together or save a deal with just a week's notice is to have a cash transaction. And if you have a cash transaction going that starts and ends in a week, you're probably a pretty seasoned buyer and or seller because you have to make a lot of really important decisions really fast when you want to engage and close a transaction in as short as seven days. It's not impossible, but let's face it, for the majority of us, it doesn't make sense to buy real estate all cash. You can earn more money by taking that money you would pay for cash and invest it in some other relatively secure investment vehicle. Finance most of the purchase of your home at an extremely low interest rate. I mean, can you believe how low interest rates are nowadays on residential or even investment property mortgages? So most people are going to have those two players, the pitcher and the catcher, or as I like to say, the real estate agent and the mortgage lender. Critical, critical. So when you get to that point, by then you've weeded out all the other people you're going to deal with and said, this is my guy. This is my gal. This is my realtor. This is my professional in the real estate mortgage world, my mortgage lender. And now the two of them, you get them together. You're like the owner of the baseball team, having a great pitcher, a great catcher. And in this case, a great real estate agent and a great mortgage lender are going to help you on your road to success. What does success mean? We'll be telling you about that and more after this quick message. Warm the cold, cool the heat. Your HVAC made worry-free. All Hours Air makes it their priority to assure your home or office provides warmth in the fall and winter months and cooling in spring and summer. All Hours Air repairs and services air conditioning, furnaces, and water heaters. All makes and models. All Hours Air is the highest rated heating and air repair in the Reno Sparks area with 24-hour emergency service day or night. When you're in need of an affordable and honest contractor for your home or business, choose All Hours Air for the best results every time. With evolving brands and materials, All Hours Air offers customers an excellent selection of products to make your home home or work environment comfortable all hours air at 395 freeport boulevard suite 12 or call 376-9890 that's 376-9890 all hours air license number 77009 we're back on nevada real estate radio great day to tune into our show today a lot of people ask me about starting, uh, you know, with investment property. They want to buy their first rental house. Maybe they found a deal on a condo that they can, you know, tune up a little bit. And then before you know it, they're going to be getting some income coming in from that. And how do they get started? Well, I always recommend to them, like I said earlier, a great pitcher, a great catcher, a real estate agent, and a mortgage lender. After that, there is one more element, especially when you're doing investment property, and that is to turn your investment property into a corporation of its own so that you have a level of protection now that you're a business owner 
Yes, you're a business owner when you have rental property and you're collecting rent from a tenant. You are a business owner. You need to incorporate in one way, shape, or form in order to protect yourself and protect your your real estate property, your investment, and all of the other things you have. You would be amazed how one slip and fall on a piece of real estate that you own as rental property can change and ruin your life. You have limited control of the people that are renting your property. And if they do things that cause harm to others, I, I can almost assure you in one way, shape, or form, you're going to be part of that inquiry and possibly a lawsuit. Better if you own the property not in your own name, John Smith, but in the name of your corporation that gives you a level of protection, a shield, if you will, from attorneys, from creditors, from collectors, from people that just want to hurt you and take your property. One way, shape, or form, they're out there and there's trouble. How do I know this? I talked to the Wealth Protection Diva, Sherry Hill. Is who I recommend that you talk to as well. She's at Sage International, and she helps help thousands of people start their investment process by incorporating their real estate company. Yes, even when you just have one property. She's got all the facts and details for you. And if you want a free half-hour consultation, you know you'll get that from Sherry Hill. She's a great person to talk to. You can get connected with her at 775 775- 786-5515. Visit the website, sageintl.com. And tell them Peter sent you, and good luck on your real estate investment property that you're going to be looking at. So we were talking about all the great things that happen when you're looking to purchase real estate and how you need to do what you need to do to get there. But, you know, when you finally got it, what do you have? What's your values, right? Let's look at some of the latest stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. This is their first of the year stats, first quarter, and we got them in early February. Here's the thing. The average is not what we're looking for. We're looking for the median sale price. What's the difference? Average is just like that. You take all the different prices, you average out the number, and that would be the number you would think about. Median home price says that half of the homes sold below this number and half sold above this number. So that's going to be different than the median home price, but I think it's more realistic. Median home price says to me, even at this number, I can find homes that are below, well below that because it is the midway point. It's not the, it's not the low point. Also, I know that there's a lot of homes for more than this number, but this is the number. This is what's in the middle right now. And what is that number in Reno Sparks? The number is $405,000. That's the median sales price from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors' most recent statistics. And that number Ladies and gentlemen, it's up substantially from a year prior. It's up over 12% in one year. So when I talk about not buying a home for cash and instead taking that money and putting it elsewhere, well, imagine that. You're buying a home theoretically at median sales price for $405,000. And if you would have bought it one year ago, you would have paid about 12% less than that. So you're making equity income. Your equity is growing every year, and you're still only having to put a small amount of money down. So again, the money that you don't put down to make a cash purchase, you can invest elsewhere. And um, things are going pretty well in the real estate market. They're going pretty well for a lot of reasons. There There was a challenge earlier in the year last year, and there's a challenge earlier this year in finding how many units are available to purchase. So, yeah, we talk about a median home price of $405,000 in Reno and Sparks. But the reality is there were only 377 homes total sold in Reno and Sparks. I know we have a lot more homes than that. But the fact is most people that have homes nowadays, I believe they want to stay in them because it's so expensive to buy a move up or a move down home. And there are only so many homes being built every year. So those are gobbled up by a lot of buyers who are waiting in the wings. Active inventory, as of the last report, that is on the market available right now to buy. There's about 670 homes available in the active market. Compared to last year at the same time, way down. We're down almost 40% in the active inventory, active homes available for sale. All of that sales activity last year, well, it must have led to happy homeowners. They're not looking to buy a home anymore. New listings that have recently come on the market, 
444 was the last number I saw. So that gets us up in, you know, keeping our active inventory right there in the high 600s or 700s. So the challenge is, right, you think buying a home is a challenge because of limited availability. Buying a home is available is challenging because the prices are so high. Have you ever wondered what drives those prices? When we were promoting the talk about today's show today, you know, I mentioned that one of the biggest things that's happened in Nevada is the legalization of marijuana. And I've been thinking for a long time, you know, is that an impact on real estate? Is it, you know, is it artificial? Is it maybe just something that's going to happen for a little while? Well, I got my information from the National Association of Realtors, and they presented a report called Marijuana and Real Estate, a budding issue. How funny is that? A budding issue. So, you know, it all came down to the fact that legalization of marijuana has really had an impact on the real estate industry. If marijuana is legal within a state, the product is grown, harvested, stored, sold, uh, theoretically consumed within those state lines. So commercial practitioners are finding more and more demand, not only for the marijuana they're selling, but for land, warehouses, storefronts, residential practitioners are moving in an environment where marijuana is being used within rental properties. Homeowners associations are talking about rules, about consumption, growth, and questions are even out there about people wanting to buy a home, maybe asking, has marijuana ever been smoked here? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. There's all kinds of strange themes that, uh, you know, were being tossed around by members of the National Association of Realtors. And is it any wonder, because we have to look at the reasons why certain areas are growing faster and have more housing problems, let's face it, more homeless problems, when you have a lot of population in an area and very limited amount of housing, it's no wonder you're going to have homeless situations. So you ask yourself, again, what are some of the causes for these situations? It could be the marijuana. It could be that it has a, a residual ripple impact, right? So in states where marijuana was legal, the longest, 21%, have seen a decrease in residential property values. And a 12% increase near dispensaries. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Overall, if you're really close. Uh, the majority of the respondents that reported to the homeowner associations uh, regarding marijuana often had rules and regulations against smoking and growing home in, you know, growing marijuana in their own home or in common areas within that association's um Perimeters. Half of the states that legalized have legalized both medical marijuana, recreational marijuana. Prior to 26, they've seen addendums being added to leases, you know, which restrict growing marijuana on properties. The most common issue was people complaining about the smell of marijuana. Oh, maybe they might complain about the hazards of you know fire because people smoke marijuana and pipes and. and, and in marijuana cigarettes. I mean, it's just one more avenue that can create challenges in the world of real estate. But I really think that one of the biggest challenges in real estate that comes from marijuana is that I do think people are moving to states that have legalized marijuana more so. And it's an obvious reason. There are more liberties. There are more freedoms. And if you feel for whatever reason restricted in the area, the state of your choice or the state of your residence, and you're not comfortable there, you may well be looking for other areas that could be more to your liking. One of the things we're going to do later in the show, we're going to talk about our Bee Buzz restaurant review. And it just so happens that the proprietors, the owners of this restaurant that we're reviewing today, they moved here from Portland. They tell me that in Portland, they're very successful. They have a number of different uh, locations for their restaurant that we'll talk about. But, you know, it's obvious uh, one of the things that they found that was suitable for them as new 
as new uh, business owners is that you have such diversity here. You have people that come to northern Nevada for all sorts of things. And if legalized marijuana is one of them, it's just one more thing that can bring new people to the area. And if you're a business owner, it can bring new people to your business. It's always funny when I talk, think about marijuana. You know, the old saying is that when you smoke marijuana, you get the munchies. You get hungry for some reason. Marijuana seems to increase appetite in many people. In fact, I know that some friends of mine have been prescribed marijuana because they have had men, uh, mental or health issues that decrease their appetite and they need to stay healthy. So marijuana is one way that does that. But I, I think whenever you have a marijuana industry in a, coming too new to a community like Reno, northern Nevada, all of Nevada, guess what? People get the munchies. Excellent restaurants must and will follow. And when you look at how outstanding northern Nevada is when it comes to restaurants, you ask yourself, did we really even need marijuana in northern Nevada to boost the restaurant industry? I don't think so. And I don't think we needed it for the real estate reason, you know, real estate growth either. But the fact is, we are at the crossroads of Tesla, of mega technology plants on USA Parkway, legalized marijuana. It's no wonder we have a housing shortage in northern Nevada. A while back, we talked about where people were coming from. What states are they leaving? What are the most attractive states? We're going to have a recap on that after this quick message. We'll be right back. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. We're back from Nevada Real Estate Radio's commercial break. I want to thank all of our advertisers for helping support our radio show. And it's no wonder that we've been able to be on the air as long as we have because our sponsors know that almost everybody is involved with real estate one way or the other. They might be renters looking to buy real estate real soon. They might be people that just bought their homes and they need work done on their real, on their real estate. Maybe they need the carpet shampooed, the walls cleaned, the furnace repaired, the hot water heater repaired. I mean there are so many things. Owning a home is a challenge. It's not easy. You have to take care of your home. And the way we recommend that you take care of your home is to do regular inspections around the home. Make sure everything is nice and tight. Let the professionals do their work. It will save you time and money in the long run. One of the things I had recently done was I had my carpets cleaned, and I'm so tickled because I've got a big weekend coming up with family coming to the house. I'm glad I called CJ's Recommended Carpet Care. They are outstanding. Great work. Outstanding prices, and they are so professional. You absolutely feel like you've got a friend after Jack and his crew clean your tile, carpet, and grout. Yes, the grout. I had the grout done in my kitchen. It's like I have a brand new kitchen. I am so excited. My wife, she's so tickled because clean tile and grout from CJ's recommended carpet care. Want to get more information? Schedule an appointment? Visit cjscarpetcare.com. And tell them Peter sent you. All of CJ's contact information is on our website too, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. So people are coming to northern Nevada. Yay! More and more people. You know, at some point I've had enough people. I love people, don't get me wrong. But really, so many people that were struggling to find homes. You know, I want people to think about all kinds of areas in northern Nevada, not just Reno and Sparks. Some of the rural areas have outstanding values. And great lifestyles, Fernley, Fallon, Minden, Gardnerville, Arrington. Oh, my gosh. I love all those areas. You know, we were talking, too, about many people coming to northern Nevada because of all the great things we have to offer. Not only is it an outstanding place to enjoy life with outdoor activities, but there's work. We have more homes being built because we need them. And we have the opportunities to enjoy owning our own home where we can do the things that we want to do. Like I say, I'm a beekeeper, but you might want to – Want to shoot uh, um, a target practice in your back 40 if you have a big property or you might want to do some archery if you have a slightly smaller property or horses. A lot of people have horses in northern Nevada. 
When you have real estate, you can do the things that you want to. That's why I think when people see that Nevada is now not only a technology state, it's also legalized gambling. Well, we got it almost all, don't we? We have legalized prostitution. We have legalized marijuana. So when a state has legalized marijuana, guess what? People start wanting to move there because most states don't have legalized marijuana. And you know, when you have a state that offers something that most other states don't have, there's another one more reason to be attracted to that area. Nevada has no state income tax. Has always been one of the great reasons why people moved to northern Nevada or southern Nevada. Nevada also uh, you know, has been like the Wild West, lots of open space. We have wild horses. A lot of people want that. They want that wild open space. But you can't get it in most states. Nevada has been very fortunate to offer that. Legalized gambling, when other states wouldn't even dream of having gambling, Nevada was already with that. There was always something new, something exciting about Nevada. And now it's that we have technology, we have marijuana legalization, and we have more people discovering just how wonderful it is to live in Nevada. So where are those people coming from? I think it has to do, first of all, with affordability. Look, you might want certain things in your state that you don't have now, but it's got to be affordable. Here are the top five least affordable states to live in. The most least affordable state to live in is California. And the most least affordable city in California is Los Angeles. Los Angeles, according to this report from the we know from the national the National Association of um, this report is from Realty Hop, and Realty Hop is a company that takes surveys and creates the affordability index each month for the price of homes and the ability to live in a home. They've determined that Los Angeles is the most least affordable of all home of all cities, making California the least affordable of all states. It requires 92% of your income to live in Los Angeles. Number two, least most least affordable uh, city to live in, Miami, requires 86% of your income. New York City is not an easy place to live. For the average person, it's going to take 85% of your income to buy, own a home in this city, in New York City. You have to make a lot of money, and even then, it's going to take a bulk of your income. A lot of folks here in western part of the U.S., in northern Nevada, they talk about San Francisco being the most expensive of all the cities that they've ever heard of, that they've ever known of. We get all the news from San Francisco. I think the median home price is well over a million dollars now. San Francisco is high. It comes in at number four. 82% of a San Franciscan's income goes to owning a home in each one of these cities that we're talking about. Number five, I mentioned the number five city when we talked about our guest who was with us this past weekend from New Jersey. That's it. Jersey City, 67% of your income is what's required to live in this city. So... You would think that's where the least amount of people are going to move to because uh, there can't be that many people that can afford that much of their income just for housing. So where might they go if they wanted to have the lower cost of living, right? Let's look at the most affordable cities in the U.S. The number one most affordable city to live based on the income required to own a house in these cities, most affordable is Detroit, Michigan. It only requires 13% of your income. Now, the question is, if you live in Detroit, do you have enough income to make that mortgage payment and lead the kind of life that you want to lead? I suspect that there are many successful people in Detroit and a lot of people who are really happy living in Detroit because if they have a good job and they've got things established in their family, they're only paying 13% of their income on average for housing. They can spend the rest of that money to do other things that makes them happy, that makes others happy. They can contribute to good causes, organizations, or people because the people that intentionally move to the most affordable city in the country, they've got something on their mind. They've got things they want to do, and they don't want a bulk of their income to go to just owning a home in this 
expensive city that they might want to live in. But you don't have to pick Detroit just because it's the lowest one. Let's look at some of the other cities. Wichita, Kansas, number two most affordable city in the country. It only requires 16% of your income. The same thing for Fort Wayne, Indiana, 16% of your income. I think we have a political candidate running in the uh, presidential primaries, the presidential caucuses from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Who says you can't go big places by starting out in Fort Wayne, Indiana? Only 16% of your income is what it takes to live there to get a house. Uh, Next on the list, the fourth most affordable city in the country, Cleveland, Ohio, only requires 19% of your income. Again, you'd have to have the right job. You have to write the right feeling about being there. But I've lived in some what I call tough places in America during my career in the media, my career on radio and TV. Some of the places were not very desirable in general when you mention them to people from anywhere across the country. What I loved is that I did very well when I lived in these maybe not so desirable areas because a much smaller percentage of my income was being paid for the house I was buying. I could use the rest of my money to have a better house, put my kids through college, drive better automobiles, have a healthier lifestyle, have a more giving lifestyle. There's so much that you can do when you don't force yourself to be held hostage to the mortgage payment on your house or the maintenance payment on your house. You've heard the old saying, house rich, cash poor. Nobody wants to be there. Trust me. I've seen it. You want to enjoy living. And that means a balance of the size, the location of your house with your income, your lifestyle, your family, your friends, all the people that you want to put together. I think as we get older, we realize that the status of owning a particular home in a particular city, in a particular neighborhood of a particular type, it's not quite so critical later in life. I know it's important for young people because we're trying to establish ourselves as to who we are, how we live, and a lot of that is communicated by where we live and who we associate with. That's all well and good at the right time, but I think we can all agree as we move forward in our lives, possessions become less important and relationships become more important. So as much as I tell people about the importance of buying a home, of establishing your credit, of establishing an account, you know, having, um, you know, having that real estate as one of your primary assets, it's all important. But even more important that to that than that is the family that you are thinking about as you're putting all of these things together. We can have it all sometimes, but you've got to make sure that the family is always first. And I think if you consult with your family, think about your family first and foremost, and then bring yourself into the picture afterwards to think how you think about this situation, that's probably when you'll be the most successful. We're going to talk more about how the marijuana industry has impacted northern Nevada, specifically Reno Sparks. We're also going to be talking about the Bee Buzz restaurant review, Sherry Hill and I. We're out and about in downtown Reno, and man, we found a doozy of a restaurant that you are going to want to visit too. We'll talk about that and more after this message. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Hi, everybody. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. 
I wanted to talk to you about something that many of you are concerned about right now, and that's the high heat coming to northern Nevada. Yes, I'm talking about SunTech solar screens. I've got them on my house. Some of them I keep up all year long, but typically I take them down in the wintertime from certain parts of my home so I have a better view out and I can put my storm panels on. But today I'm going to be planning on putting my summer solar screens on for extended protection to keep the heat out and the cool air in. This summer I'm going to be cool again because of SunTech solar screens. Want to learn more? Visit suntechsolarscreens.com. Tell them Peter sent you. All that contact information is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. You'll find that information along with our podcasts from recent shows. Even this entire show is available after it broadcasts as a podcast. Check it out, nevadarealestateradio.com. In the studio, I have the wealth protection diva, Sherry Hill from Sage International. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Peter. Always a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to chat with you too, Sherry. You know a lot about the business that's going on in northern Nevada. We, earlier on the show, I was talking about the marijuana industry. You know, we have a technology that has helped grow and spur uh, residents and homes and building and businesses in northern Nevada. Technology is one. We have a minor league baseball team now. We have a thriving economy. We have marijuana that has come into the state. So many reasons for people to move into northern Nevada, all of Nevada. There's other reasons too, right? Talk about the differences in taxes from most states. Well, fortunately, Nevada is still a low-tax state. Certainly, we don't have personal income tax. And unless you reach a certain threshold, we don't have corporate mm -hmm. tax. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we still have payroll taxes and we have business license fees and we have all the other things that apply to businesses. But overall, we're still considered business friendly and a low or no tax state. So there's a lot. It's one more great reason to move to Nevada, even if you don't have a business, even if you are working as an employee. But if you move to Nevada and you want to start a business, you not only have the fact that there's no state income tax, but Things are legal here that aren't legal in many other states, and I'm talking about marijuana. I mean, just think about the fact that people come in to sell marijuana, but they not only, not only need a store, they need some place to put the grow houses, and they might need to have some more uh, acreage to make things happen. And then if they get one more stores, they have a lot of em employees, so the employees have to live someplace. And many of these people are moving in from – I mean, it really is, I believe, Sherry, impacting – real estate in northern Nevada, the marijuana industry. But there's a lot of good things about northern Nevada besides that. And when we, people come to northern Nevada, they, they discover so many things. It's really, a, it's really an enchanting place when you compare it to many states, including the one to the west where many people are coming from. California, welcome to Nevada. When people come to Nevada, in fact, Sherry, they, many of them don't know what to do. They're so uh, out of their element because Nevada is different. But one thing I love about northern Nevada is the restaurants. The casino industry has brought in some fabulous places to dine. And uh, I just I, – my standards are so much higher as far as food goes now that I live in northern Nevada and I have access to some great restaurants. That has also helped spur a lot of young and new upstart restaurants to take shape and to f launch in northern Nevada as well. That's why we've come up with a new bit on our radio show called the Bee Buzz Restaurant Review. Yes, the Bee Buzz Restaurant Review is about Sherry and Peter's ventures to visit new restaurants. And ultimately, our goal is to find out if they use honey in any of their recipes. So yesterday, Sherry and I were out and about going to lunch. We were going to do a restaurant review at a new pizza joint that we haven't been to. Sherry, what happened when we got to that pizza joint? It was closed. <laughs> Not forever, just they were having some issues. And so we looked across the street and saw this other restaurant, the Pine State Biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, was, I had my palate ready for pizza. But because the restaurant was temporarily closed, they were having, I think, a plumbing issue. We, um, you know, we decided, well, where else are we going to go? But that place was right across the street. So when I saw the sign, Pine State Biscuits, I thought it was like a cookie shop, you know, Mrs. Fields kind of type, sweets and all that kind of stuff. But there were some really good smells coming out of that restaurant. And they've got a really neat location with big windows. And so I saw a lot of people in there sitting at the tables. I figured 
you know, even that many people wanted pizza and needed something like us, well, maybe these people really wanted to be there. Let's check it out. So we went into Pine State Biscuits, and I was blown away. Sherry, tell the listeners a little bit about the atmosphere and the menu items. So I believe it was based on North Carolina, the Pine State, and a lot of fried chicken. I had something that it's really hard to find is fried green tomatoes. And they just have these just amazing combinations of different food items. And it was just really fun because what came out on my plate, I was not expecting, right? Because I'm thinking I'm ordering a piece of fried chicken and some of these other uh, things that they put on the plate. But it was just, it was mind-blowing. It was delicious. And one of the things that I really liked about it, it was so easy to get to. Mm. I didn't have to go into Midtown. I didn't have to go into downtown. And it's really, it's over by the uh, library in downtown. And so it's just really cool because we just happened on it. Food was delicious, really nice people, good food. And so definitely I'm going to encourage people to go check them out. Oh, Sherry, I was so delighted to be there with you. I had what they had on the special that day. And I believe the special was called something like the the Chick Biscuit. And it was amazing. It it came in. It looked like a burger made with a um, big biscuit, right? And, but it had a big, thick slice of, of lettuce. It had other vegetables, big, thick slice of tomato, a great sauce. And instead of a burger, it was a big, pat, a big chicken breast. And it, the flavor was just absolutely marvelous. I and, couldn't and believe it. And they make it. everything there from scratch. That, that was the other nice thing. So they're making all the biscuits. They have pies. They have sweets. They have other things. They're, you know, sourcing all their... Uh, produce, their meats locally, and then they convert it into this really interesting combination of different plates and sandwiches and salads. I thought it was really (laughs) funny. You know, you're looking at their restaurant menu, and they've got an item called the wedgie. That's what I had. So you had the wedgie, (laughs) and so I was standing behind you, and I heard you say to the guy, I'll have a wedgie. And I'm thinking, do I or don't I? Do I or don't I? It was really funny. The wedgies, fried chicken, fried green tomato, iceberg wedge topped with uh, house blue cheese or ranch. And, uh, oh, it was so nice. All, all on a big biscuit. Oh, and, you know, the, <laughs> and the biscuit was light and fluffy, and it was so good. And, Sherry, they had so many items on the menu. Of course, we just had one, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go back. Probably had the same thing. It was so good. But they had some desserts there. They had a really neat uh, 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 cinnamon roll that just looked heavenly. And then they also had a couple items that featured honey. So the, you know, the, the, the real goal of, uh, of, our, of our bit here, Bee Buzz Restaurant Review, is what restaurants are really good and do they use honey? Well, he did talk about using honey in some of his um, desserts. In fact, I think some of his entrees, he uses honey in there. Currently, he's getting his honey uh, not from local producers, but he is talking about bringing in some local honey. So we are extremely excited about this restaurant, Pine State Biscuits, and you've got to check it out. It's located in downtown Reno, 200 South Center Street. It is not in a real busy area. That's what I like. It's real close to the public library in downtown Reno, and it's just right around the corner. And we had a chance to visit with the owner. He's going to either come into the studio at some point down the road or we're going to get him to call us and do a follow-up. But talk to us a little bit, Sherry, about our conversation with Scott Doze. Yeah, it was just really nice. He came and sat down with us and and we were talking to him about, you know, what was the origin of the restaurant and, you know, how they come up with these menu items. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was just a little history lesson for us. Yeah. And then we talked to him about, you know, the... Um, unusual menu and uh, where all that came from. So, you know, wish them a lot of luck and hopefully people will, you know, get there. It's not a chain. That's the other thing I like about it. So it's you're really going to support a new local business and you may see them out at the Friday night food truck, things like that. Yeah. uh, I I like the fact that they also have uh, at – the uh, restaurant at Pine State Biscuits in downtown Reno, they have beer. 
and they have a, a nice draft selection there. And they have a great selection of soft drinks. I was working at the time. Just went there for lunch. And I was able to order a classic soft drink. I had a bubble up. You ever had a bubble up, Sherry? No. <laughs> it's kind of like a 7-Up. But the difference is that instead of 7-Up, it's bubble yeah. up. Very good soft drinks. Fantastic, fantastic lunch that we had at Pine State Biscuits, downtown Reno. They're at 200 South Center Street. Tell them Peter sent you when you go in, Sherry. I'll probably see you there sometime. Oh, let's hope so. Hey, the quick talk about real estate. We're talking about how marijuana has impacted real estate in northern Nevada. Earlier, I said people get the munchies. Right, when they get marijuana. So good restaurants, obviously. They're here. These gents that we were talking about at the restaurant, they moved here from Oregon. A lot of folks are coming here from Oregon. A lot of people are coming here to establish new businesses. Sherry, that's your specialty. Briefly, have you ever worked with any marijuana industry people as they starting businesses or changing their businesses here in northern Nevada? Uh, not here locally. I have in a lot in California. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the problem now in the state of Nevada, there's a moratorium. So all licenses are frozen. So it's like you couldn't start a marijuana business in the state right now if you wanted to. Not right now. But can you imagine how many people are working in the industry in Nevada that weren't working in the industry oh, five years ago? Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. Those people moved here. They've bought businesses. They bought real estate. They have bought growing houses, storage facilities. Now they have employees that need to do same thing, buy houses, find places to live. It's no wonder that northern Nevada is growing. Right. But the other thing is, you know, you don't have to grow cannabis. You can grow hemp. So hemp is not. <laughs> you know, there's a whole other opportunity for folks that want to get into agriculture, support an industry, because there's a lot you can do with hemp that um, is in demand across the world. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sherry Hill, you're awesome. You help a lot of people, a lot of investors, a lot of real estate investors, business owners. Best way to contact you if anybody needs more information. I do a free 30-minute consultation, really figure out what you're doing, who you're doing it with, where you're doing it. And from that, we can determine the right structure, right entity, right state, how you should be taxed, 775-786-5515. Fantastic. Enjoyed my conversation with Sherry Hill. Sherry, we're talking about the marijuana industry today. Next week, I'm going to talk about the worst careers, the top 25 worst careers that any young person could be thinking about if they're looking to get into the workforce and someday become a homeowner. You'll want to make sure to tune in. I hope you can join us. Thank you. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. My name is Peter, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Tell your friends and family. We're on the air again next week, same time, same station. Tell them to join you and they'll make a great deal on real estate and real estate for investment. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.